Hey there, and welcome to another episode of the Emotionally Intelligent Parenting Podcast. You know me, I'm Steph, your host, (laughs) and I have such a great episode for you today. I'm going to be talking about a Christmas meltdown that almost was. So before we get into that, I just want to acknowledge the Darug Nation, who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I live, work and record this podcast. I pay my respects to all First Nations people, elders and ancestors, and I acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded and stand in solidarity towards a shared future. So let me tell you about this story, because I think it is such a brilliant Um, picture of how emotional intelligence has saved my family, my sanity and my kids and my, our relationship. It's saved us so many times. And honestly, it's countless amount of times I've had to start. I've literally opened a word document and I've started recording these memories and these experiences, (laughs) not like to do it in a creepy way, but so that I can remind myself of like all the little kind of bricks that are stacking up together of all these little moments in our family's life that are making such a difference to my kids and to me and to my stress levels and my husband, um, but also us as a family. Like we are so much stronger. We get through those challenging, um, I don't even call them blow ups. Like we get through the speed humps and we get on with our day and our day isn't ruined. You know how we, when kids have those meltdowns or those tantrums and then the rest of everyone's exhausted and cranky with each other and the rest of the day goes down the toilet. (laughs) I know. Was that just me? That was me before emotional intelligence. Um, Our house was stressful and I was a snappy shouty parent and it was not nice. So I want to say if you're still in that space or you're sometimes in that space, don't give up. Don't think that this is just how it is raising kids, that kids are rude and naughty and never listen and are out to get us and be manipulative. That's so, so not the case. So I, I want to give you a bit of hope and I want to share. It's a slightly funny story. <laughs> At least I think so. Anyway, um, I often crack myself up and my husband is like, babe, seriously, just no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I, and I say to him, I digress. But I say to him, I'm like, babe, do you realize how lucky you are to be married to me? (laughs) I am funny. I'm not that funny. Um, I like that I make him laugh, not because I'm funny, but because he, um, because I think I'm funny and then he finds that funny. And then anyway, so they're, they're on our good days. So let me tell you about the story with my youngest. Um, she, I feel like it was, it couldn't have been last year. I feel like it must've been two Christmases ago. And so she would have been about four and it was actually after Christmas, um, the time that we were going to take down the Christmas tree, because obviously we take it down sometime in early January. I know there's a rule about when you should take it down. Is it the sixth or something? I don't know. Um, we were taking it down and, um, it's in the lounge room, of course, in the front window, which is where we have ours. And there's all the lights on it. There's all the ornaments on it. There was, you know, the little, like our tree is not a beautiful real pine tree. It's one of the, you know, you get it out every year and you put in the box. (laughs) I don't want to say plastic, but maybe it is plastic. So we were putting that down. We had just started and it was me and the kids and um, Eve had, for some reason, within like the first minute or two, she had started to, you know how parents say, my child goes from zero to a hundred. It was almost like that 
she I don't remember it like word for word but essentially she was like stop stop it stop it don't don't touch it put everything back on she got worked up really fast she was um, beginning to get really upset like beyond irritated agitated kind of thing frustrated she was getting mad and she was grabbing some of the ornaments that we had taken off only a few and like putting them back on and I think she was grabbing some off um, her brother as well and so luckily I because I'm always talking about emotional intelligence I'm reading about it I'm writing about it and speaking it's it's most of the time it's on the front of my mind you know unless I've had a really shocking day or you know that kind of thing and I'm not my best self so pretty quickly I was like whoa okay pause pause like hold it you know everyone let's take a second something's up like what's happening so I um, got my son to sort of stop for a second and he was like what and I was like hang on Eve's upset something's wrong Um, we need to work this out what's up basically Um, so I asked Eve what's up and you know when kids are emotional they're not in that place where they can logically and rationally express themselves and why they're feeling that way so it took a little while like I think I probably said come on my lap like hang on let's just take a breather you know something's up and just that that I sort of paused and listened to her and you know gave her the time to kind of calm down and I didn't keep going with taking the ornaments and I didn't say you're being silly like we take it down it's you're, you know you're being ridiculous because I didn't do that her emotions obviously started to settle because I wasn't you know you know no longer triggering her with whatever we were doing and I didn't really yet know any of this obviously I I was just like something's wrong <laughs> so we paused and then I gave her it was probably just a, a minute or two and um and then I said, what's up? It, it's, you know, there's something stopping you from letting us, from, you know, putting the Christmas tree down. Something's not okay, you know, tell me what's the matter, basically. And the other thing I want to say is that as much as possible, if we can do this in a non-judgmental way, then we're going to get the best, like, outcome. You know, we're going to get the best from our child. They're going to be in a um, more, uh, a better headspace an emotional space to then express what they're feeling and and what's up. If I had said like, why are you being so ridiculous? Or like, what's wrong with you? You're being so stupid. What, you know, what's your problem? Like, guess how that would have gone down. That would have pushed her further into a stress response. She would have even more thought, this is not okay. I'm really mad. I'm angry. You don't get it. You're not listening. Why do I even bother? You know, that whole, we've all been there. So I asked her and Um, She said she didn't want us to put the Christmas tree down. And I was like, okay, I like, I kind of got that. (laughs) And um, she came out with something like, I love Christmas. I want to keep the tree up. I don't want you to put it down. And so I was like, ooh, we have a problem. And so I am um, really mindful of explaining things to my kids when we have certain rules or boundaries and things. I don't like doing the whole just because I said so. And so I said, look, honey, you know, I explained why we take it down so that we can have, you know, we don't see it during the year and it's so exciting to bring it out again. It only comes out at Christmas time. Um, I didn't like harp on about it and lecture her because, you know, that kind of shuts kids off and and it just goes in one ear and out the other. We want to keep our reasons kind of short, um, that they make sense and that they're not overloading our kids with, 
you know, why, why we need to do certain things and all the, all the 20,000 reasons and things like that. So I said that to her and she understood she still wasn't happy. Um, but I said, I wonder, you know, if there's a way that we can put away the Christmas tree while still not, um, kind of letting you feel like the Christmas magic has gone. Cause she was like, I love Christmas. I don't want to put it down. And I was like, eh. basically in these moments, how do we, um, you know, how do we get our, how do we compromise? How do we negotiate with our kids? Cause don't we want to teach them skills of when something is wrong or someone is doing something that you don't want them to do? How can you respectfully, um, solve the problem and work together, you know, conflict resolution. Um, and so a big part of that is negotiating and compromising. It should not be all her way. It should not be all my way. That's not fair, right? So we kind of meet in the middle. And this is the other thing. Very often in these processes, because our kids are, you know, they're very strong-willed and they have their, they, they want that choice and control and autonomy. So do we. We have to be the ones to kind of bend and flex a little so that we're teaching them how to do that, right? We don't get our way. I don't get to just put it away. Like I wanted a way that day. I wanted the lounge room to be clean. I wanted to vacuum all the little tiny plasticky, like spindly bits off the tree. <laughs> that would have been my way. <laughs> but that's, you know, I can, I can do that and I can squash her little spirit and her emotions and, you know, because I said so kind of thing. But I didn't want to do that. So, so we worked out a way. I asked her a little bit more information about what she really loved and what was making it hard for her to put the tree away. And a couple of things that she said were she loved the twinkly lights on the Christmas tree. Ah, oh, no wonder. We actually haven't put those on our tree this year. Our tree is up. We put the baubles on. But oh my gosh, the um, lights are in this hectic, like tangled nest. <laughs> and I do not want to touch that yet. So <laughs> so it's not it's not quite it'll be December when this episode is out, but it's not quite December now. It's the end of November. So <laughs> I have time. So she loved the twinkly lights. She also loved Santa and didn't want to miss Santa. Um, like throughout the year, she didn't want to sort of not see him. And so this is the other thing. Our kids um, reasons for doing things are obviously not going to be similar to ours. They do not have the brain capacity, the, the sophisticated thinking they don't have the life experience this the perspective that we do so of course she's going to say things like I miss Santa and I want to see him and I'm like well, doesn't really matter but to her it does so so I have to honor that so it was a twinkle lights she didn't want to miss Santa and she loved the the cute decorations I think there were like three things so I thought great this is where we can compromise and negotiate and this is where we can come up together with some solutions that will honor her challenges or or the problems she's having um, and, and kind of bring some solutions to those so that she gets basically part of her way. But then honor mine as well, that I we wanted to put the tree away and to clean up and, you know, January kind of thing. So we did come up with a few solutions and here is what they were. She asked if she could take the twinkly Christmas lights and have them in her room. And I was like, sure, that's easy, <laughs> go for it. And she also asked if she could take some of the Christmas decorations into her room 
And so there we had a mini discussion within the discussion about how many and what was okay because I didn't want the whole giant bag of Christmas decorations to be in her room. So we talked about that and again we came to a compromise and something she was happy with. I think it was like two reindeers and one other thing. I, it wasn't even that much. <laughs> and the third thing she said, well, I'm going to miss Santa. And so I came up with the idea. I suggested, hey, why don't you take the photo that's on the kind of table, on the side table, the photo of you and your brother on Santa's lap. Um, I think it was his lap at that time or was it COVID and they were sitting next to him. <laughs> and put that in your room as well on your little shelf so voila like this is the way that we can work through challenging moments potential meltdowns or arguments um, with our kids without falling into this or getting swept into i should say a power struggle and a cyclone of yelling and don't you dare talk to me like that and what I say goes and but you're being so mean like we can avoid all of that stuff we literally can avoid those arguments and those big explosive moments if we can get to the place where we as adults dial up our emotional intelligence and we are coming from the space of huh there's a problem we can work through it together let's put our ideas out on the table like we can we can get through this as a team it does not have to be me versus you and I get my way or you get your way and then and then you know we all melt into a an afternoon of chaos <laughs> so what I want to what I want you to really take away from this I think is that first thing if you don't think that you need to compromise with your kids because you're the parent and you don't want to lose your authority as the adult in the situation then you're modeling control, a controlling relationship and how to control other people just to get what you want. You're modeling um, inflexibility, like inflexible thinking, inflexible behavior. You're modeling this unilateral authority of what I say goes because I'm the adult and the respect is, you know, the whole respect your elders, kids don't get a, a say or have a voice. You're modeling dismissing other people's needs in a, in a situation or in an interaction and it's kind of modeling that uncaring not respectful way to you know be in a relationship with other people so just reflect and this is me too by the way that sometimes when we don't want to compromise with our kids when we feel like we have the best idea and we know it all because we've been alive 20 something years longer than them, whatever it is, then we're modeling a lot of really unhealthy behaviors. And then we wonder why our kids, maybe siblings will argue and fight and call each other names and, and just like dig their heels in, you know, that we need to model to them um, some really different ways of dealing with, you know, those challenging moments when I want something and I'm not able to get it or you're not listening and how do we you know how do we get through those moments you know, think about what will your child do when they're faced with a problem that they have with someone usually we want them to be able to negotiate and to hear that other person's side of the story to understand what they want to be empathetic to show some compassion and some patience and tolerance <laughs> and yet a lot of the time we don't do that 
we don't do that because we're not intentional we're not we're not thinking you know we're not super conscious parents all the time like no one can be but we can definitely move towards that way and i know emotionally intelligent parenting is smack bang on with with all of this kind of stuff also remember that anyone in a relationship whether it's adults whether it's kids whatever needs to feel seen by that other person heard by that other person and like what they're saying or what they're going through is important and it matters because when you don't have those ingredients in a relationship that's when people start to break apart it's when things fracture it's when um, we start to feel like we're not loved and you're mean and you're um, you know we don't have that connection anymore like with adults that's what breaks up that's what breaks people apart with kids it pushes our kids further away from us and we start seeing it in their behavior I mean we see it in adults behavior too right so come back to in this situation in micro moments am I doing and saying things that are letting my child or making my child feel seen and heard and valued and important or am I doing the opposite am I kind of dismissing them am I saying it doesn't matter we don't have time get in the car we'll find it later it's not a big deal you're being emotional like are we being really dismissive and invalidating the other thing is I'm really consciously aware now that I'm teaching my kids I care about what you're saying I'm ready to listen let me put my phone down or let's stop with the Christmas tree for a second I care about what you're saying let me hear it because guess what that's teaching them in an interaction that we care about what the other person's saying we take time to listen I'm starting to see my kids a lot of the time care about what I am saying when I'm asking them to get off the device or turn off the TV or come and brush their teeth or no we can't play the game it's time for bed or school like they are starting to a lot of the time hear what I'm saying and listen and care about what I'm saying like there's one thing for our, our kids to hear what we're saying <laughs> and then the second layer is do they care about it like is that meaningful to them and so I'm modeling that to them that is reciprocated the last thing I want to share is that this whole story I think is just a big reminder that we are parenting for the long end game like it's a long game I'm raising kids who I know one day will be adults kind respectful have their own boundaries have their own confidence be resilient be emotionally intelligent you know I want them to think of others and to be empathetic and to be compassionate but to have that strength inside themselves and I can see that that is being cultivated in little tiny moments especially those you know explosive or potentially explosive moments this is where the rubber hits the road and it does make a difference please trust that it is making such a difference I hope you took a lot away from that story <laughs> I love it it's such a good reminder especially at Christmas time because emotions can be ugh, it can be chaotic right emotions can run high and there can be a lot of differences of, of opinions and a lot of different behaviors and it's it can be tough to navigate so you guys are doing an amazing job something I want to mention just before we finish up is if you haven't yet been onto my website and the resources page you're gonna find a whole lot of different digital resources and some bundles and some checklists and some posters and some awesome little parent guides that some of them are like $5, $10, $15. They're really, really low cost. 
I encourage you to go and have a look on there. It's stephaniepinto.com slash resources. And some of the examples are a 10 page parent guide on beating anxiety in kids. I also have a huge 15 page guide for parents on cooperation through connection. So that's a guide for a punishment free home. I have guides on help my child is hitting, <laughs> um, how to diffuse meltdowns, how to stop shouting at your kids. Ooh, that's a really good one. And I've got lots of posters and things. I've got emotion wheels, how I'm feeling posters, respectful ways we can say no, um, 20 calming strategies for kids, ways to diffuse meltdowns, 30 affirmations for kids. Um, and my latest one is after school struggles. It's a mini parent guide. That one actually is, oh my goodness, I've just had a look. It's It was $15 Australian. Now it's down to $4.99. So if you're in the US, um, I feel like that is a couple of dollars. It's like two or three dollars. That's an after school struggles. You know, when your child comes home from school and they melt down or they're rude and they're cranky and they're irritable and you're like, what is going on? What do I do with this? That is a really great parent guide with some tips and ideas in there that will help you. So jump on to stephaniepinto.com slash resources. Go and have a look at those. Like I said, some of them are really low cost and I'd love you to just kind of add them to your toolkit to help with your parenting. All right. Thanks, guys, and have a great rest of your day.